this morning without, without hyping anything. If you know me, I'm not a person that loves to hype stuff, but I do believe this could be one of the most important and impactful messages I've probably ever preached in my life because of what I feel it's going to do inside of your lives. And I feel like God has prepped us over eight months as we've been on this journey at New Day to get us to a place where we're ready, myself included, to listen to these words. And the only good thing about all this is I get to hear this message a few days before you do. So I think it's going to be beneficial because it really made an impact on my own personal life. I begin to understand something about my father and about me in a way that I never did before. And it allowed me to understand this journey that God has us all on. And we're going to continue to talk about what this journey is like. But you will see this journey from a perspective that you've never seen it before. You will experience who God is for you from a perspective that you've never probably seen before. And I only say that with that level of confidence because for myself personally, I have searched diligently on how to love God and how to serve him and how to know him. And it wasn't until just four days ago did I come upon what drove many of the things that I did for God. That my heart was right. I lived and I loved him and I served him with everything that I had. But there was a driving force behind it that was not necessarily of God. And it may be the same for you today. And here is what I'm asking you. Specifically, now this is for everybody, but specifically, I'm asking for the men in this house to be sensitive to what God is going to speak into your hearts. I am a firm believer that as God begins to move upon the hearts of men and they start to see that translate into their actions, almost everybody else will follow. Statistically, it's true that if a mama gets saved, maybe 20% of the time, the family will get saved. But if a daddy gets saved, nearly 87% of the time, the family will get saved. And I find that God is going to impact you as he did me, as a man, in a way that will be liberating. That when you walk out of this place today, circumstances will be no different, but you almost feel like you're ready to skip. And how many men like to skip, right? None of us, right? So do it when nobody's looking, that's fine. But I'm sure inside you'll be like, I just want to skip today. I know, that's weird. I don't even know why that came out of my mouth. <laughs> but I'm beginning to realize what God is doing here within all of us. Just recently, yesterday, I had a conversation with about five or six men at breakfast. We had a wonderful time, but we were discussing the culture here at New Day. And we were talking about, man, how God is beginning to form a culture where people are learning how to love each other. Where there's this freedom to love, this freedom to meet people right where they're at. And one of the reasons why that's the case is because we're beginning to learn that we don't have to perform for God anymore. And when you no longer have to perform for God, you're actually free to love others. But when you get caught up in not knowing how this is, it's very difficult to love and to receive love from others. When we are worried and anxious about performing for God, whether or not he accepts me and whether or not I'll lose that freedom that he has spoken about, we lose the freedom to love people in a way that we're called to love them. And when we are more self-conscious than love-conscious, we lose the ability to be a true brother and sister to those who are right next to us. Why? Because we're not sure about this, so how can I be confident to love somebody else? But it's more than a culture of love that God is forming here. And this is what I began to discover. It's more than just love. Actually, God is doing something greater. It's a byproduct. Our loving each other, our meeting people right where they're at, our willingness to take off our mask and actually be who we are is actually a byproduct of something greater that God is doing. And that's what I discovered this week. I saw it. For the very first time, I saw what is, has hindered me and is hindering many of you in your walk with God. And I realize now why these messages that I've been speaking of God's love and your identity and who God is for you 
are having such an impact on you on a personal level. I get to talk to so many of you throughout the course of the week, and I realize, wow, it's really resonating with where they're at in this particular time of their life. But I also, at the same time, I see a heightened level of frustration of how to walk in what I've been sharing with you, how to walk in this freedom, how to walk in who I am in Christ, how to receive God's love fully for me. I see that the level of frustration is rising as we consistently begin to realize who God is for us. There's this constant pull back and forth to go back to function, and this is how I be or do as a Christian, rather than this is who I am. I'm a believer, and I'm a son of God, and so there's this constant pull to go back into the function mode, to go back into religion, to go back into realizing, hey, God, if I do this, you can do this, right? If I do this, I can pray this, right? If I do this, I can expect this, right? No, realizing when you start off your day... God says, that's my son in whom I love, in whom I'm pleased. It's, a, it's this constant stress pulling us back and forth of, will I believe what God said, who he is for me, or will I go back in the place of, I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I got to do this, and then I can earn something from God. And that's why we have an easier time maybe doing for God than we do receiving from God. And so here's what I saw this week. Now, when I say it, it may not make an impact like it did for me. And that's why I hope as I go throughout the course of this message that even specifically the men in this house will listen to what I'm saying because God is going to, in his most gentle, patient, long-suffering way, put his thumb upon something that inside you'll go, huh, that's me. And when he does that, here's what I want to give you the freedom to do. Either during the service, if you've been with us for a number of months, you realize this is not a big deal when we do this. But either during the service, stand up and let me pray for you. And just acknowledge that God has put his finger upon this specific area. And number two, if, if not, at the end of service, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that what God is beginning to do with this message he, it, would, it would translate into leaving these walls this morning. And so when you leave, it's going to go with you, this revelation that we're going to talk about this morning. And so here, here's what I saw God did in my life and what he's doing inside of all of ours is that God is transforming all of us from an orphan-minded people to mature sons and daughters. Now, that may not mean much to you right now. But you're going to realize how this has had a major effect on so many people in this room. That God is doing what he's transforming us is from an orphan-minded mindset to becoming true sons and daughters in this room. Where we know I'm fully loved and I'm fully accepted by my father. And from those who with, so he's transforming us from those who live with a sense of fear or rejection, or disapproval, how many have been there before? Like you feel like just at any moment God could reject you, he could be disapproved with you, or disappointed in you. How many have been there before? It's, it's, it lurks within all of us in this room. Father, I thank you for young Abby. Lord, whatever it is that you're speaking into her life, I pray in Jesus' name that this very thing we're talking about is going to be broken off of her life. Young lady, you're never going to be the same today. Father, I pray for Karen back there. I thank you in Jesus' name that, Father God, you are speaking directly to her, that you are breaking off this orphan mindset, this spirit that has kept her from ever receiving what you have for her in Jesus' name. He's doing a work right now in your life, Kathy, or uh, Karen. From those who live with a sense of fear or rejection or disapproval to become one who knows they are fully accepted and deeply loved without condition. Like fully accepted and deeply loved without a single condition that you have to do to make sure that that thing is true from God to you. That's what he's doing right there. He's transforming all of us and you're going to catch it. It's going to be like a wave. I can just see what God's going to do inside of people's hearts this morning. And without realizing it, I lived most of my Christian life, 18 years of my Christian life. As a young man who loved God, I was passionate about God, I was zealous for God. But you know what drove my entire life? 
an orphan mindset. I lived with this exchange conditional relationship with God. God, if I live like this, I know you'll respond like this. God, I know if I do this, God, I know you're going to now respond like this. And so it was all conditional. And everything was an exchange. God, what do I need for your favor? I need this much? Okay, I'll do that. God, what do I need for your grace today? This much, I'll do that. Father Landy, I, I thank you in Jesus' name for what he had shared with me this morning. And I pray in Jesus' name that you do a fresh new work in this man's life. Father, this is the beginning of freedom for this man. He will not be the same. He will not see the same. Father, give him a brand new lens to see you through and to see himself through. And those things that have held him back, those things that have kept him down, I, in Jesus' name, by the power of the Spirit, I break those things inside of his life. Amen. And so I lived this life with this strange conditional relationship with God, that it was somehow my job, think about this, it was somehow my responsibility to make him happy. How many are there? Where you go, okay, I, it's like God is over here just pacing. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to kill him. I'm going I'm to kill him. I'm going I'm to kill him. I, I, and Jesus is like, no, 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 just calm down. Calm down, come on. Calm down, I died for them, and we love them. Remember, they're going to be fine. There are some, right? How many do we feel like Jesus is the good guy, and God is some moody individual that is just ready to go, I'm done with them. I, I'm just, I'm done. They've been, how long are they going to be like that for? And Jesus is like, come on, I'm going to mediate for them, and I'm just going to pray, oh, Father, please, oh, Father, please, uh, see them the way that we, you should see them. And like, he's encouraging God to see us rightly, when in fact, God goes, Oh, that's my beloved son and daughter in whom, oh, they're struggling to believe who they are. They're struggling to receive my love. And that's what Jesus is praying every single day. Somebody asked me, what's Jesus praying for us? Oh, Father, pray. I pray for Justin that he just learns how to receive. That he just learns how to just walk in the grace that is his and to walk in the sonship that is his. And, and that he just, that no longer. And so he probably prayed 18 years and finally in two, the last two years I caught it. And I caught it without knowing I caught it. Jesus did it for me. This is the journey that we're talking about. And I lived with this great, oh, let me go back here, that it was my job to make him happy, that in order to gain his favor, I had to earn it or win it over. And that at any moment, he had the right to reject me. I lived like that, like any moment, based upon whether or not I was performing well, and I never said it like this, everything was masked in a very good way with the love for God. Like, I wanted to please Him, and I wanted to make Him happy, but I knew at any moment I could lose it. Father, I pray for Mike, and I know you're doing something in his life, and I know that whatever happened in the past, I thank you, Father God, you are breaking something, a barrier, generationally, in Jesus' name, that when he leaves this place... He is a new, a new man, ready to do the things that you have called him to. I know you placed him there, Father God, but because of this orphan mindset, it's kept him from taking steps. So, Father, just shower him with your love right now and meet him right where he's at. In Jesus' name, amen. I lived with a great passion and love for God, but I never felt like I was matching up to him. How many have been there before? Like you just, ah, I, I, I try. And eventually what happens is either you just quit on that journey or you try harder. And I was never matching up to the expectations that he had of me. And I tried hard to live right, do right, believe right, and to, to be right. But still I knew. I knew at the depth of who I was, man, I don't fully measure up to God. And so like, un unlike others that I knew, other friends of mine, I stepped up my game. And I became the best Christian that I personally knew. I never did this consciously, but subconsciously, in order for me to be fully accepted, I worked my Christian tail off, and I was admired for it. I even received, oh, this won't make me cry, I even received a spiritual father because of my performance for it. Like, I knew what I needed to do to get what I needed to get in the Christian realm. I was admired for it, I received that for it, and it produced actually so many apparent benefits in my life, but not until God did an amazing work in me. I did not do this in my own life, and until this week did I realize what, I was, what was going on in my life. 
that he actually, in two years, these last two years, he took me from an orphan-minded Christian to a son who is secure and knows that he's fully accepted. Like, I don't wake up one single day and ever wonder how me and God are. Not once in the last two years. That, I didn't get myself through it, but you're going there too. Because how many of us wake up and just go, oh my gosh, I feel like we're so distant and I feel like we're not good. And so we now have to find a way to make sure our relationship is better with God. Or we actually just give up the whole thing and just go, I'll just do church and I'll just, I'll read my Bible. But you know what? I know I never measure up. And this whole idea of freedom and receiving God's love is predicated on one thing, relational before functional. Relational is about what Jesus did for us. Function is now what we do as a result of the work that Jesus did inside of us. Relational is about what Jesus did for us. Functional is about what we do in response to what Christ has already done on the inside of us. Think about this. Men specifically, think about this. Orphan-minded believers... Now realize this, orphan-minded who? You can be a son or daughter of God. I was for 18 years. I loved God with all my heart. I was passionate to serve him. And yet this drove much of what I did. Orphan-minded believers, they strive to earn a, a place in the environment that they're in. Imagine a community like God is doing right here at New Day where you don't have to earn or strive to do a single thing to make somebody else go, oh, man, I'm impressed with them. We're impressed with nobody because we know that Jesus did it inside of their life. I don't ever want you to feel impressed by me or think that, man, I've got something from God. No, I just simply stepped into a mindset that I'm no longer an orphan. I'm an accepted, mature son of God. Amen? Father, I pray for my sister, Vale. May he just cause her to be lifted up. Father, break that stuff off of her life. May she never live a single day that she has to perform well for you and earn her daughtership with you, if that's even a word. And Father, I thank you for just loving on her and for calling her up into who she is in you. Vail, you are fully accepted by your Father and deeply loved. Father, I thank you for my man, Jim. Lord, only you know what you need to do to get him to, to soar in this life. Father, that he'll never be hindered again by his own self, by what he sees in the mirror, by what he doesn't see, and by how he compares himself. Father, break this orphan-minded spirit off of his life, and may this man never be the same again. May he lead his children as a son and not an orphan. Father, for Roberta, in Jesus' name, Call this woman up. I know so much pain has come to their life in the last number of years, and I thank you that that pain has a purpose, and that purpose is to destroy the works of the enemy. Roberta, I see you in that chair that I had up here, that you will lead people through your praise. You will break barriers in your life, in your daughter's lives, in your kids' lives through praise. You will cause the environment wherever you're at through praise. It's going to transform. You will, I just see you as a praiser. And uh, the enemy is scared. Mary, I pray for Mary, Father God. Whatever you're doing inside of her heart right now, Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that you do it deeply, that this woman will never, ever, ever strive to earn something from you ever again, that she will just... Mary, just put your hands out like this, like this, that she just will be a receiver, and you will, you will make her the greatest receiver of who you are for her. And Dad, this message actually was for you, so thank you for standing. We'll get back to you in just a moment. <laughs> Father, I pray for Sam. My brother, thank you for standing, and Father, I pray I know what's inside of him, the good, and I know what's keeping him from what you have for him, and I pray that that's breaking in his life, that he right now, my goodness, Sam, I just, I pray a revelation of God's love for you, my brother, like an overwhelming love, like he hasn't forgotten you, he hasn't abandoned you, he's, he's, he's proud of you, he's, you're his son, and like he is overwhelmingly 
in love with you, man. I, I know it sounds weird, brother for brother, but that's all I can see is, my goodness, just receive how amazing he is for your life and who he is for you and that he's not saying, when are you going to get your acting gear, when are you are going to get on board? No, no, he, he's been pursuing you, man, and just, <laughs> just surrender, I guess. You stand no chance otherwise, man, so. <laughs> hey, Karen, Father, I thank you for Karen and for the patience of my dad. And I thank you for what you're doing in her life, Father God, that these trials and difficulties would never cause an obstacle to her believing how good she is to you or how, you, how good you are to her. Father, may that woman know she's a warrior for you Amen. and that she'll stand in the gap for so many people and that because of her, her ministry of standing in the gap, many people are going to receive Christ simply because she refused to let go and give up. Father, thank you for my dad, and I thank you that this thing is broken off of his life. That, Father God, never again will he doubt and question or feel like at any moment you could reject him. That whatever he does, he does it because he's a son of God and not because he's trying to be a son. And so, Father, I'm speaking to you, not to God, <laughs> my dad. Um, just know that God's doing that work in you, Dad. He's breaking something off that is deep down inside of you, and uh, he's proud of you. And I'm sure you've never heard those words from a father before. And, um, and he's doing something special in your life, so please just enjoy it. Like, just walk this journey out and let him liberate you. It's the most uncomfortable place I've ever been in is freedom with God. Um, but it's the most satisfying place. And so may he just do that work very, very deep inside of you. <laughs> Stop standing, guys. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Gene, I pray in Jesus' name that God raises you up to be a lover, to receive his love, Gene, and then to go and, and be a lover. I know you may not know this, Gene, but he... I feel like he's showing me that you have a gift of encouragement. Let it be used. Because that encouragement to us seems so small. But there's a verse that says a word spoken in the right moment, there's nothing like it. And so use that gift and know that he wants you to use it. Like he gave it to you so you could use it. And that you could be a lover with that gift. Amen. I'm just going to preach with my head down now. <laughs> but listen to this. The orphan minded. You guys stand anytime, please. When, the moment God puts his thumb on something. Orphan minded believers, they strive to earn a place in the environment that they're in. And sons just rest in the place that has been freely given to them. My daughter doesn't have to wake up and go, okay, what do I need to do to stay in this house? Maybe when she's 28 she does, but not when she's, <laughs> not when she's nine. And uh, it's because she's a daughter. That house is hers. <laughs> like, it's hers because she's ours. And we can rest as sons. And that's what I've learned to do is when I wake up, I'm in a place of rest with God. I get a partner with him that day. I don't have to actually wonder ever if me and God are going to be good that day. Why? Because I'm focused on who? Jesus. The lamb that was slain for me, worthy is he who was slain for all of us. He's perfect. And God looks at the lamb. He's not looking at me. So we can enjoy a great relationship with each other. Orphan-minded believers are self-preservers because they're not sure who's going to care for them and so they have to fend for themselves. If that's you, we just have to fight for this. We just have to scrap and we just have to get to the place where God has us for and you know what? I'm just going to fend for myself because I don't know if God's going to take care of me. I don't know if he's going to come through for me. I don't know if he's going to be who Justin is saying that he's going to be for me. I read the verses, but I don't know if he's going to be that. And so because we're scared that he's not going to take care of us, we find a way and we find a, a path on how we're going to care for ourselves. It's an orphan mindset that is lurking in all of us as sons. But sons are dependent upon their father because we know he loves us. Father, for Elizabeth and for Lester and for Judy, Father God, I pray in Jesus' name, whatever you're doing inside their lives right now, Father God, do it fully and do it completely. For Brian, Father God, may you raise this, may you raise this man 
who in his own eyes is a young man into a mature, older son in God. Brian, look at me. You're not who you see yourself to be. That's not how he sees you. Many times we live in accordance to how we see ourselves. No, you can stay up, Lester. <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> All right, yeah, just sit down, man. Sit down. <laughs> Judy, you can stay standing too. And I just want you to know that's not who you are. He sees you as somebody here, and you see yourself as here trying to get there. It's an orphan mindset. And that's what he's breaking in your life. He's going to cause you, and I want you to get that picture, so wait for he, until he does, but he'll show you a picture of who he sees you to be. Father, thank you for Judy, Miss Powerhouse, the silent assassin. <laughs> you and you too, Judy, you both of you, that you guys are destroying the works of the enemy that he wants to do in this house. Yeah, like I see, I see you guys with like guns. Okay. I don't know if there's any anti-gun people in here. I'm not a gun person myself. Uh, but I see you guys as protectors of what the enemy wants to do inside of every single service. And what he's attempting to do, and you guys are thwarting the theory things that the enemy wants to do. The reason why people are able to be sensitive to God is because you and Judy and Linda have made this point, and Maria have made this point to say, watch this, we're going to pray the enemy out of this place. And Father, I thank you for Elizabeth. Elizabeth... You're going to change things in this world. You are definitely called outside of these church walls to go impact people. And the pain that you ever walk with or face with, um, God just said, give it little by little. Sometimes we can't all give it at once. Little by little, uh, just give it to him. And eventually you'll, saw the, you'll see the liberation that he's allowing you to walk in. And Lester, hey, you just be you, man. We all love you. One day there's going to be a term in the dictionary called Lester. <laughs> That's what I see. And it's not a joke to me. I know it's funny. But you literally are going to be an undefined man who just his presence blesses so many. And so just receive that as his son today. Amen. Orphan-minded people. <laughs> you're like, are we going to finish the message? I don't, we're not going to finish. I can already tell you that right now. Orphans. Or orphan-minded believers are always out to prove something. And they mainly prove two things. I'm good enough, so Lord, please pick me, or I can do this on my own. And sons are rejoicing that they've been accepted fully. And when we're orphan-minded people, we can't rejoice with others. We compare ourselves to others. We, we look at others and we go, man, why are they free and I'm not free? And so we don't like what's happening in their life because we're orphan-minded. And it keeps us at a place where we're constantly looking at life through these lens and going, no, somebody, oh, no, I, I can't trust anybody. Somebody's going to reject me. Somebody's going to hurt me. God's never going to come through for me. And so we try to live life in such a way. Our Christian life is now, we mold it around this orphan mindset. And we try to be a Christian. And yet inwardly, there is always this struggle of, I'm just not good enough as a Christian. And so what does it do? It births. What does it birth? It births. And there's, I'm not anti-anything. I want you to know that. But you, many of you grew up hearing messages that were teaching an orphan how to be a better Christian. And so this orphan was like, oh man, how do I, how, God loves me, I know he does love me, and I'll, I'll tell you how I know this is true. Every single morning, my daughter, who sits in the back seat, she listens or watches a, a, a YouTube video of Salty the Songbook. How many have been there? All right, you remember Salt, little did I know that Salty the Songbook, he is an expert at teaching her functional Christianity. As I'm driving, I heard him say in his, I won't even try to pretend his voice, he goes, and you know what? If we obey God, we make him happy. It sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds like a perfect thing, like he's teaching my daughter how to obey, but she is learning. If I do this, then he's what? What we don't realize is we never say it, but if I don't obey, what is he? 
He's unhappy with me, and it's functional Christianity, and it's learned through all of us going through church for all these years, messages that would say, I want to teach you how to be a better Christian. I want to teach you how to walk in this, and I want to teach you how to, um, I want to teach you how to love people, and I want to teach you how to love yourself, and it all comes down to, all right, what are the steps that I need to do? And so we try so hard to do these steps, and how many have never fulfilled all the steps? Because every time you get to the number step number 10, there's step what? 11, 12, and then 13. And that's why this journey that we're on is a journey of identity. Think about this. He is not taking us to a place. A career, the, the, the blessing that John got is not because, listen to this, that job is not a reward to John. That job that John got was a blessing because he was on the right path. With God, he was learning about who he was. He was part of this journey with God. And it's along this journey. Let me just say this as I stop that. Is when you train a dog, what do you do? Hey, Johnny, come over here. Jump, jump, jump. And what do we do? We give him a treat. Oh, Johnny, roll over, roll over. And we give him a treat. And how many of us feel like that's the exact same thing that God does? Hey, 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 Ryan, Ryan, obey, obey. Okay, obey. Okay, here, good boy, good boy. And he gives us a treat. Nikki, Nikki, step up your game and be a, better, be a better wife. Oh, good job. And he gives us a treat. And we feel like God is training us the same way, so I do this and God rewards me. No, it's the path of the Spirit. When I'm led by the Spirit of God, God is saying to this, there's a whole bunch of goodness on this path. And when you walk down this path, I'm not rewarding you for walking down this path. There's just goodness along the way. And as you walk down that path, and that's why trusting God... That's why trusting God is the most awesome adventure in the world. Why? Because it's nothing but his goodness. But who comes in? The enemy comes in to try to lie to us and go, um, oh, well, if this is God's path, then watch me scare them a little bit. And, and why, why did this happen to me while I was on God's path? Why did my daughter get diagnosed with diabetes 1 while I was on the path of obeying God? Oh, because the devil's a liar. And he wants me now to look at that and look at God and go, well, these two don't work out, God. You can't be good in this same hat. Oh, no. When you see it from his perspective, everything changes. So this is a journey of identity. It's not about when you get to a job and when you get to this and when you do this and when God, um, God made me a pastor. This is nothing. The destination of being a pastor is not God's journey. It's about being a son of God and realizing now I can preach as a son. Imagine if you came to this church two years ago. I'd be like, I'm an orphan. You're an orphan. Come on. Let's now be better Christians and... Come on, you guys suck, and you guys this, and you guys can't do this, and I know I stink myself. And that's why there's such a hardness that comes with the message, because we're all frustrated that we're not doing as good as we should be doing, and we're not as far as we think we should be. But as a son, I get to come up here and go, I'm good with God. Oh, why are you good with God? Just, oh, because you pray, uh, because you're, no, I'm good with God, because, man, Jesus died for me 2,000 years ago, and I no longer have to perform for my father. And now I get to speak from that place. That's why I'm so overwhelmed at times with emotion because this is awesome. Like it is awesome to preach from a place where I no longer used to be. I don't have to impress you. You don't have to impress me. You'll never know this moment of what happened to me and Jim this morning when we talked to Landy. It was one of the greatest moments probably of this entire day that I've had. Because of what God freely allowed him to, to share. Dave, I pray in Jesus' name that this thing we're talking about is gone, man. And that your mind shifts seemingly just like to my father where God is saying, Dave, I am so overwhelmingly proud with you. Like overwhelmingly like when you wake up, he knows he has a son on the battleground who is going to do some damage in the kingdom of hell. So don't grow weary in the process. And just do the same thing Mary had to do. Open your arms like this, Dave. Come on. Just receive it, man. How much he loves you. And that he's breaking things off of you. He want, There's things that you have to give him back. Like they're not yours anymore because Jesus died for them. And he wants to just simply say, Dave, give them to me. They're mine. 
Just give them to him. I know it's hard. He loves you, my brother. And you're going to do something special for God's kingdom. Simply because when you catch this, you're a force to be reckoned with. You're a son of God. He delights in you, man. Father, for Derek and for Mr. Lambert, guys, I've been there. I know, I know what you feel inside. I know, I know the disconnect. I know the frustration. I, I was maybe on the other side of performing so stinking well that I felt confident in that. And you may be on the other side where, man, I just don't know if God would ever. And I'm saying today, man, he extends his invitation to both of you and says, are you ready to go to a place that you've never been before with God? Are you ready to realize that it's not a frown on his face? It's a smile for both of you. And Derek, man, he's calling you up. I remember when you and Steph were right here, and I remember clearly, maybe you dismissed it, but I remember clearly what was spoken. And I saw a picture of what you guys may do one day, and I've never shared it with you. I may never, because that's between you and God, but go down that journey with him, man. John, what we talked about, man, He's, he's raising you up. He's training you. I feel like he trains his sons very differently than he trains his daughters. Anybody ever kind of been there before? Like, I feel like he beats us up a little bit more. But, but his, his love is, is guiding you. <laughs> and as frustrating as things can get, make it all about this. All about this. Don't lose this for functioning for him. Let this be the guiding thing throughout this entire journey. Can I tell the people L or no? Would you say no? Yes? Okay, I don't know. In India, they go like this, but they mean yes. <laughs> yeah? So this lady just took a huge step of faith, and she has been... God has been stirring you internally for a while, and I think last week the message probably was icing on the cake, and if any of you know what this is like, we're excited for you, you know, many of us are like, oh, what are you doing, but we have to be excited because she took a step of faith, and she resigned from a job that she had for 15 years that is very, very secure, and that makes her good money. And she believes it's time to step out and do something that God has called her to do. And we're excited to watch this thing unfold. And when you hit low moments, let us know we're here. And when you hit freak out moments, let us know. But when you hit faith moments, also let us know. And her husband's on the same page with it. And uh, I got to meet with them on Tuesday or Wednesday. And it was exciting to hear somebody go... Um, Okay, what's, this? oh, this seems very unstable. <laughs> like, are you sure? I, I, I know it is because God said, you, as you step, and I've been there before too, and, and I just want you to know. I felt the same way starting New Day, and I'm overwhelmed with what God's doing. So whatever it is, and she doesn't even know what it is yet, but it's a huge step. And not everybody's called at that time to take those kind of steps. Everybody's like, I'm going to quit my job tomorrow. You know, he's like, no, please don't. <laughs> but she did it out of obedience and one-mindedness. And so let me just speak this over your life, is that this step is going to change your life. That God is going to reveal himself to you as a provider and as a father. So enjoy it. Enjoy every moment and, and enjoy the rest and enjoy the times when he's not talking Enjoy those moments inside of your life. Amen. Give me five more minutes, guys. Here's another one. Orphans live with walls that surround and protect them. How many of you know people who have walls up? And I know that's what he's doing here. I see the walls coming down. And it's almost like he doesn't break them down. 
he brings us over with him and goes, okay, we can do this. And we grab the brick, and we're like, oh, oh, oh. And he goes, come on, you can put it down. And we put those walls down. And then we're allowed to receive love, because first you have to receive, and then we can give it. And those walls are what orphans put up to protect themselves from ever getting what? Hurt. But as a son or a daughter of God, we simply have allowed God to help us break down those walls and learn how to be loved so that we could love. I could go on and on, but I hope you get the point that we are sons and daughters in this place. And although that's who we are, there are still tendencies, residues of an orphan mindset that lurks within all of us. Father, I pray for Betty. And I thank you, Father God, that you are healing. That's all I see, Betty, is just God is healing things. And I thank you that you're doing a good work inside of Betty. Father, I pray for Jessica. Thank you for this woman of God. We are so blessed by what God's doing inside your life, Jess. And I pray that you just realize that there are so many upgrades that are available to you. Like so many, they're yours. And oftentimes, Jess, look at me real quick. Oftentimes, we don't take the upgrades because we don't deserve them. You know how when you're at a buffet, you feel bad? Some of us feel bad about going for the second, right? Like, I did my first one. The plate was pretty high. And the second one, I don't want anybody to see me. I did, because we don't feel like we deserve. And God's saying to you, Jess, that there's a buffet that you can come back and 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 come back inside your life. And for both my brothers, Joseph, I thank you, Father God, uh, that these are men, and for Georgie, these are men that have calls in their life. Georgie, you have, you have made impacts in my life in, 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 in only the way that a Georgie can. <laughs> if you know him, he's, he's, he's humble, and he's, you guys stay standing too, Joseph. He's humble, and he's soft-spoken, but his words have impact. And he has helped me understand in a way that he probably doesn't even know how I can be a better shepherd and what that means to be a shepherd of God's people. And so thank you for that, Georgie. And I pray in Jesus' name that whatever this orphan mindset is lurking in your life, in both of your lives, that it's done and it's broken off today. I want to finish off, which is, it says here, I want to start off by asking, but I want to finish off by asking three questions. What grade does God give you when you wake up? And does he grade you in the beginning of the day or at the end of the day? How many of us live, an orphan lives at the end of the day, what did I get? A son lives and goes, I wake up and, ah, and God goes, hey, you got an A-plus today. Enjoy it. A-plus, what did I do for it? Oh, no, Jesus did something for you. Now just live like you got one with an A and don't live this whole day trying to get an A. But what orphans do is they go, I got an A-plus, and they go, okay, watch me live in such a way that I'm going to make him know I, I, I deserve that A. <laughs> no, you don't. Live and enjoy it because you never can get the A-plus. You never will earn the A-plus. And when you wake up, A-plus is written on your sheet because you don't have to do a single thing that day to get that A. You just can live in knowing, I got an A-plus. And when the devil comes at you and goes, you're such a failure, just show and goes, oh, no, 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 no. It's written in red. And it says A-plus. And it says, "Good, I'm proud of you, my beloved son. And here's the final question I wanted to ask you is this. So how are you and God? 
You all know, or most of you know, that's a trick question. Because many times when I ask that question, we all focus on one thing. Who is that? Ourselves. How am I in God? Ah, not so good. How am I in God? Doing great. How are you in God? It's based upon one person, Jesus Christ. And when you realize that your relationship is purely based upon what Jesus did for you and now you live in that light in response to what he did, guys, we can start loving people freely. There's not a single mask that we have to put on to say, hey, I'm a great Christian. Can I be a part of New Day? No, we're sons and daughters here. And you know I know one service does not transform you from an orphan-minded to a, a son-minded person. But I do know this. It breaks the power of it in your life. And now you can begin this journey of going, okay, God, help me to see when I'm thinking like an orphan and help me to see what it's like to think like a son. And he took me on a two-year journey of discovering that in my life, of realizing, Justin, stop trying to impress me. Stop trying to impress others. Stop trying to try to earn what I already freely gave you and just live in the enjoyment of it. I laugh because Amy, Amy, sing the song so everybody can sing along with us. Keep going. He's making a list, and he's checking it twice. And how many of a list of us live like that with God? He's making a list, and yep. Oh, man. <laughs> naughty, naughty, naughty. Oh, yeah, not that one. Oh, man, Justin, he's so, what a good believer he is. That's how we look at people. <laughs> and go, well, Justin must be on the good list, and I'm on the naughty list. It's not how he is. He deeply loves you, and he fully accepts you. Oh, what about my behavior? Oh, yeah, when you start catching that you're a son, you'll start acting totally different. Orphans, they know they can't measure up, and so they're angry at themselves. And I've watched people, when I get frustrated with my own Christian walk, when I got frustrated with my own Christian walk, guess who I took it out on? My wife. And then I would, I'd place harder restrictions and laws, hopefully on her, to, hopefully she needs to act a little bit more. Father, I pray for Desi. I thank you for this woman of God that the zeal that she has, the passion that she has will never be hindered by an orphan mindset. Set this woman free to be everything you have called her to be that she'll never, ever be the same in Jesus' name. Would you please stand with me this morning? Hey, Jim, will you help me pray for people? Ryan and the team are going to sing one final song. Actually, let me say this. I want, I want to take care of this, and then we'll finish that. If you're here for the first time, I just want to say thank you for being with us. I hope that God met you right where you're at, and that you realize that this is a place where we're all learning how to love each other. I've never been a part of something that I'm witnessing in front of me. Never. And we just had our final board meeting this past week, and one of the gentlemen on the board said these words. He said it to all of us. He said, don't ever think that this is just a honeymoon experience and this has to end. And I just want to thank you for being a part of what we're doing. We don't pass buckets here to receive any type of offering. But there are ways that you can help and partner with us. And I know many of you, I see you by faces. I know that, I don't know what you have, but I know that you do give. And I thank you for partnering with us and helping us to reach people. I know the call of New Day is to build people, not build a ministry. So that when we leave these doors, look at all these people that could make an impact for Jesus' kingdom. I don't want New Day to make an impact for his kingdom. I want New Day to make an impact on you and you go make an impact for his kingdom. That's what it's all about. And we want to continue to help people in need. In just eight months, we've just passed the $27,000 mark of helping needs inside this church. That's awesome. But that's $27,000 of your money. <laughs> like, that's not New Day money. That's like literally you gave that and we were able to meet the needs of people inside this house. And so all I ask is that you always be prayerful. 
and that you always ask God, how can I continue to help support what you're doing at New Day? And so there's two ways that you can give. Nico, the first one is you can go give in the back in the hallway. That little chest is back there. And then, or you can give online at myndchurch.org. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing one final song. If any of you feel like, you know what, I want Justin or Jim, I want you to pray for me. Jim's simple prayer. Father, we pray for a spirit of sonship to come on their life. And we just break the spirit of an orphan mind in their, in their life. Come up and receive prayer. And after this song, if you have no need to come on in, feel free to be dismissed and enjoy your, your time fellowshipping with others. All right? Right. like a hurricane I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy and all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory and I realize just how beautiful you are and I bring your affections up for me. And oh, how he loves us all. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us all. Oh, how he loves us.